0: Locked On Trailblazers, your daily Portland Trailblazers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network.
1: Hello and welcome to a September 2nd episode. It's a Friday of the Locked On Blazers podcast. I'm your host. Eric Garcia Gunderson, a writer for BlazersEdge.com, and the former Blazers beat writer for the Vancouver Columbian. Thank you for joining me once again. We have a pretty fun episode today. We did something a little different thanks to uh, Jeff Garcia from Locked On Spurs, also part of the Locked On Podcast Network. We did a podcast talking about the Blazers and the Spurs, which you'll hear from me here on this podcast. You can also listen to the same podcast on the Locked on Spurs feed that Jeff hosts. Uh, Great podcast. He's had David Robinson on the podcast. He's had Danny Green on the podcast. So if you – at all, are interested about the San Antonio Spurs and just the NBA in general. I think Locked On Spurs is a great podcast on the network that you should definitely check out. And we have you know tons of podcasts on the network for Locked On NBA, Locked On NFL, and the NFL season's starting real soon here. Uh, And last night college football started, and we have a Locked On college football podcast as well, a Locked On Pac-12 podcast. Uh, So we have lots of different variety of stuff on the Locked On podcast network. And we really, really are proud of it. Happy to actually have some games to talk about here for both football and basketball here on the network. And we're going to get closer to training camp. A little news rundown before we get to uh, the chat with Jeff Garcia from Locked On Spurs. And, you know, the Blazers are back In San Diego, they're doing their little uh, off-site, their retreat as a a unit uh, to go kind of try and prepare for the season before they all come back to Portland and start working out in the gym. And the Blazers are just going back to San Diego. It worked last year. They're hoping it will work again. Uh, The biggest news, I guess, that happened this weekend, we didn't do an immediate reaction podcast on it, but... The big news of the weekend came about two days ago on Wednesday, and that was that Blazers forward Noah Vonley had to remove a bone fragment from his right thigh this week. So that's going to keep him out three to four weeks. Uh, So another Blazers big man is dealing with injuries in the offseason, and you've got Noah Vonley, Festus Azili. And Myers Leonard, who, you know, may not totally be 100% ready to start camp or to start camp or to start the season. Uh, you know, he might, Kevin Calabro mentioned that he might be able to get in some contact early in training camp, but um, he's not going to be ready to go right off the bat. And Noah Vonley is going to be running up against that that deadline as well. Given that it happened, you know, this last week of the last week of August, first week of September training camp starts at the end of September. So that's something to watch. Festus Azili is going to be out for the start of training camp as well. So the big man situation with the Blazers is a little difficult right now in terms of injuries. They're going to rely on small ball anyway. They were planning on starting Alfaru at power forward before all of these injuries went down. But uh, there it looks like it's going to have to be, there's going to have to be an even stronger emphasis on the small ball, probably a little bit more Moharkless at the backup four in that situation without a, a lot of big men to go around because you're going to need your big guys to play center. So you're not going to be able to play big, maybe in spurts as they probably would have had the ability to do by playing Ed Davis and Myers Leonard at the same time or playing Festus Ezeli and Myers Leonard or, you know, any of those combinations, really. And this injury to Vonley, just like the injury to Ezeli, really limits their ability to go big if needed, even though the team is, you know, very vocal and transparent in the fact that they're going to play small the entire season. Um, Also, before we get to the podcast with Jeff Garcia, Kevin Pelton, friend of the pod who did the ESPN Real Plus Minus projections, the win projections for each team uh, last week, which we talked about on Monday's podcast, was a guest on this week's Locked On NBA, which you should also check out part of the Locked On Podcast Network and hosted by our pod father, David Locke, the play-by-play voice of the Utah Jazz. And here's what Kevin had to say uh, about the Blazers, where uh, who he had seventh in the West in his real plus-minus projections for ESPN Insider. Uh, I didn't really get the Evan Turner move because he doesn't come out – because on my system he comes out as a negative player. Festus Azili, um, I guess I don't really get that one either. Um, clearly his knees are a problem. That's turned out to be true since they've signed him. Did they get better? Uh From what they were last year, you know, I think they're probably about the same team that they were last year. Turner, very similarly, uh, does not rate well by RPM; rates around replacement
0: level, maybe a little bit below it. Ezekiel does rate quite well by RPM when he can stay on the court. So I I think that's uh, made a a great deal of sense for them, given their lack of rim protection at center. Uh, But you know, his knees may not permit him to help him, which
1: helped. Free agency. Like, uh, there's there's evidence, quite as young as people think they are. Lillard and McCollum are fairly close to their prime years. Aminu is in that same age range. So it might not see kind of the internal development that I think people are projecting for them. An interesting point there uh, from Kevin Pelton on Locked On NBA, hosted by David Locke on the Locked On Podcast Network, that the Blazers, you know, maybe are not as young as people think because of the fact that they burst onto the scene as such a surprise last year and that they had so much success when people weren't really expecting it. And, you know, that is true, but, you know, it could also go the other way that maybe, you know, this is their time to kind of really take it to the next level. And I think that kind of leads in well to the conversation that we had with Jeff Garcia, from locked on Spurs where, you know, we talked about the Blazers as kind of the sleeper team in the West now, which is is totally where, you know, it's definitely where Damian Lillard and CJ McCollum want to be. They love to be doubted, all that stuff, you know. Damian Lillard always has the chip on his shoulder, and if there's any way he can make that chip bigger, he will. And the way that the Blazers have been talked about or not really talked about this offseason because other teams have made interest more interesting moves, more you know, sexier moves. Uh they didn't pay a lot of other teams didn't pay you know Evan Turner a lot of ton of money. And you know, team people might be a little down on the Blazers because their offseason wasn't as sexy and also probably because a lot of people didn't think that they were going to be good in the first place so it's a lot it's a little bit of a you know they're still sticking to that first hit take you know that they had that they maybe were not that good and I, I really think that the blazers have a chance to be a top 4 maybe even top 3 seed if one of the top 3 teams and the top 3 teams i'm talking about are The Warriors, obviously, the Spurs and the Clippers, if one of those two, if one of those three teams kind of slips a little bit, because I even think Utah, who didn't make the playoffs last year, is getting a little bit more buzz than the Blazers are, just because I think everyone looks at their whole, you know, their aggregate talent and all their youth and how they've really built this, it's really been a slow crawl for the Jazz to relevance, and they are they look like they're ready and i think everyone's waiting for them to make that next step and so uh jeff garcia and i talked about the blazers kind of being that under the radar team and what they can really do next year in the west and you know we really think that they have they have the potential to be one of the better teams in the western conference so uh yeah without uh, further delay uh check out uh here's my conversation with jeff garcia from locked on spurs
0: Alright, welcome back I am glad to be joined by Eric Garcia Gunderson of Locked On Blazers Right here on the Locked On Podcast Network And somehow, some way, Eric and I we can retrace our lineage And we're going to be related somehow I don't know how that's going to happen, Eric But we're going to figure out where you and I intersect
1: Yes, we, we definitely have to find that out uh, I, I know it's there somewhere uh, in, our, yeah, it in, our, in our big family tree
0: yeah, by the way, um, now I'm born and raised in San Antonio and back in the day when they used to have yellow pages, uh-huh. the Garcia section was pretty much like the Smith section. It was just humongous. Like <laughs> almost everybody in San Antonio had the last name of Garcia.
1: Oh, I bet. I bet that. that uh, yeah, I bet it was definitely very, very common down there. Up here, you know, uh, I mean, my my dad is, is from Portland, so we use his last name a lot. But, you know, Gunderson is, is not that uh, – common you know garcia is definitely less common up here although we do have a very strong uh latino population here
0: Uh, yeah you know what it's funny you mentioned that because the uh, spurs spanish radio voice he's actually from portland and he's he told me that there's a very big hispanic population out there
1: definitely yeah no no we got we got a big we got a big uh, presence out here in in oregon i mean west coast i mean we're we're, you know we're we're, we're not that far away from from california and, and and mexico and uh, south and central america so you know it's uh we, we got a we got a pretty strong community here it's awesome
0: yeah that's pretty good but speaking of strong communities there is one family out in portland uh led by one um, damian lillard and cj McCollum. we're talking about the portland trailblazers and that's why eric is on the show today uh as you know I've been taking a tour around the Lockdown Podcast Network looking at the West teams that could possibly stand in the way of the Spurs reaching title number six. We spoke recently with Ben DuBose of Lockdown Rockets, so that's why Eric's here. He's representing the Blazers, and he's going to tell you right now why you should fear the Blazers heading into the next season and how they can possibly put put an end to the Spurs chase for ring number six. Eric, right off the bat, I got to rewind a bit. Looking at last year, the Portland Trail Blazers were pretty much written off. You lose LaMarcus Aldridge to free to San Antonio. You see almost the entire team get gutted. Yet somehow, someway, this team was able to have a kind of a surprising season in the sense that they really went to the semis against the Warriors. They took her to the Warriors. They really tested them. What happened? What you know, where did this team find that little extra level to go to after having a horrendous offseason?
1: You know, I, I think it, it starts and I think, you know, now that he's the number one guy, I think everyone that even follows the Blazers just a little bit knows that it starts with Damian Lillard and It's not just the fact that he, you know, can pull up from really deep and he has great range. He's, you know, usually a pretty decent finisher, good passer, lets the teammates, you know, all touch the ball, really. He does take a lot of the shots, but he's giving the ball up early in possessions a lot of times. And um, he kind of, both on the court with the fact that he kind of includes people and the fact that he is inclusive just as a guy – to you know make sure everyone's involved you know from the first guy to the 15th guy i think he really does a good job of making sure that everybody who's on the team or around the team feels like they're a part of the team and i think that that is where you start and then obviously CJ McCollum coming on you know he had a really strong playoffs against Memphis in Aldridge's last year and then you know when with Wesley Matthews gone Nick Batum gone He really stepped into, and Aldridge, of course. So he stepped into a huge role last year taking a ton of shots, and he was great at it. You know, he was really one of the most efficient mid range shooters in the league, led the team in three point percentage, could really make any shot you dared him to take. And um, he also played point guard for this team. So you have two guys that play point guard the entire game that are basically, you know, close to all-star caliber players on the whole. And you have that a point guard at position the whole game. And, you know, I think that's really tough for teams to stop. And I think also the system last year um, and Terry Stotts and his staff being able to get guys to improve and just trust guys and let them make mistakes early, I think really, you know, paid a lot of dividends towards the end of last season to help get them to the fifth seed and then, you know, in position to take advantage of those injuries that the Clippers had
0: yeah and, and you know what and in the offseason it looks like the blazers really didn't tinker too much with the roster next season coming back with al Camino, alan crabb festus azili which was kind of a nice little solid pickup you know that championship experience with the warriors it, you know you have us you have lillard cj McCollum, who recently said that he enjoys playing in san antonio i found that very interesting and uh, mason plumley Evan Turner, another pickup. So do you like the offseason moves? Uh, Do you like the additions to the Blazers roster heading into next season?
1: You know, if you take – I think with Portland, they're in a a weird position. I think you kind of – have to take the salary cap and the cap sheet with, like, a grain of salt and how much they paid for everybody. If you just look on the whole, I think they got more talented by adding Evan Turner. Yes, it was a little weird that they paid him, you know, almost the same amount of money that they paid Alan Crabb. And, you know, that that helped the team, I think. And Turner, you know, even though he's not a great scorer or creator – and if he's handling the ball, your offense, you know, may not be that great. But he can create, and he can take pressure off of Lillard and McCollum a lot, you know, on the perimeter. Whereas last year, the guy that they really only had to take pressure off them that could create with the ball in his hands was Mason Plumley at center. And you know, you need another perimeter guy that can really create for other people. I think, especially in today's NBA, you look at the Warriors and how they have. A lot of times, you know, five when they have like you know they have at least four good passers on the floor with Curry Green, you know Bogut when he was at center, uh, Iguodala at times, and you know you, th- that that's a lineup on the floor sometimes for the Warriors, and you just need a lot of guys that can make good decisions with the ball. And I think they think Turner can do that. And from what they had on the roster before, I think it really helps. And Azili, you know, championship experience, like you said. And uh, can really protect the basket, and hopefully, you know, come playoff time, will be healthy enough to really give them something. Because you know, the health of his knees—just how many games can he actually give them—is really the concern f- with him.
0: Yeah, yeah. And going into this uh, com- upcoming season, which is right around the corner, many eyes—at least in the West—they're looking right at the Spurs, the Warriors, the Clippers, to a lesser degree, the Thunder. And then, you know, out there and even to a degree to the jazz, but nobody's really talking about the Blazers. Is this something that the Blazers are loving right now, flying under the radar? Or do you think is a situation where like, they need to be recognized as a threat in the West to the – Upper echelon teams.
1: You know, I I think that they do love it. I mean, this is what this is the. Type That's very
0: Spurs like, by the way.
1: Oh, I and, and I no, and I think too. The, I think the where they differ in the Spurs though is that I feel like this is just where this this type of feeling, and maybe this is how the Spurs are too. This is their comfort zone, like being doubted, being put, you know, being cast aside, not you know taken very seriously or like talked about a lot. I mean, that happens with the Spurs all the time, uh, but. It's the thing that, like, Damian Lillard, like, loves that. Like, he feeds off of that chip on the shoulder. I think CJ McCollum feeds off of that because he was, you know, small college guard, injured his foot, was injured again. And people were like, okay, well, this guy, you know, he's not going to make it. And I feel like everybody on this team really loves that. I, I think they really do enjoy being that team that's doubted that will, you know, surprise you. And I think that this is kind of, especially with Lillard, and I feel like this team really does feed off Lillard's own image. I think this team really does enjoy that uh, that aspect of just being not really considered, which I I agree with you. I, I don't think that, you know, compared to a lot of those teams, they're not one of the buzz teams.
0: No, they're not. I mean, I would even say the Timberwolves might be getting more buzz than the Blazers right now.
1: Uh, yeah. No, I think so. Tibbs. Uh, I think they're they're getting a little bit more buzz because maybe you know I I think you got to think you know Towns is but you know amazing but uh, no it really is true I think the Minnesota bandwagon is definitely uh, a little bit more crowded than the Blazers bandwagon just in terms of maybe not thinking they'll be good this year but in the future for sure and I think I think the Blazers are are set up here for a few years.
0: Oh, they definitely are, and with the foundation of Lillard and McCollum, you can't go wrong with those two. Uh, you know, in the backcourt at all. You know, those two are two players that NBA teams, East and West, need to reckon with and fear. You know, My, Myers Leonard, he's probably going to have another he, – he's got to have a breakout year this coming year. Uh, yeah, I look oh, at him as oh, the yeah. one player that needs to have that step in the right direction.
1: If Myers – the thing about Myers Leonard is that if he takes that step, which I think he has the talent – to take that step it's just whether he can put it together and 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 you know make it all happen together because his size you know he's like 7'1 240 you know really strong guy works out a lot and you know if he could use that size to protect the basket get defensive rebounds you know you know really be a presence in the paint against you know solid against good offenses and then you take that size and then you flip it around on the other side, and you have a 7 245 guy who can shoot threes and is a pretty good three point shooter, has a little bit of a decent post game as well. And if you, you know, he can pass a little bit and, uh, you know, he makes he accurate passes. The one thing he can't really do is dribble. But other than that, they don't really need him to do that. And so if he takes that next step and really puts it all together, then I think the Blazers as a team take the next step to, you know, being you know more legit as like a team that could really test you know the elites in the west which i you know i think they're they're pretty i I think they're there right now but you know leonard really gives them okay like this is a problem for teams it doesn't matter who you are you can't contend it's hard to guard a seven foot one center that can shoot threes
0: No, you're absolutely right. And if he gets his shot going and if he does take that next step, then the Blazers are that much more deadly for any team in the NBA, let alone the West. But, again, uh, we're here with Eric Garcia Gunderson of Locked On Blazers right here on the Locked On Podcast Network, where you can listen to his show, obviously the Locked On Spurs and all the other shows throughout the Locked On Podcast Network on Audio Boom, Google Play, Stitcher, tune in i I mean seriously eric you name the platform on the internet or on your cell phone
1: you're gonna find the locked on podcast network am i right oh absolutely yeah we're all over the place right now and it's great you can find us pretty much anywhere podcasts exist on the internet uh and it's pretty great Uh, i love the fact that we have such a good network too for you know fans of every team to just kind of get what they what they need on the on, on their teams it's pretty awesome and we have great yeah, and, it, and we have great hosts. I mean, come on. Yeah, exactly.
0: And it's, and it goes beyond NBA, it's also NFL, fantasy basketball, yep. even golf. And with college season right around the corner, there's actually locked on college football shows. You can definitely tune in. So go check it out at audioboom.com. Okay, so let's get to the heart of the matter. Why Eric is here. The Spurs. The Spurs are trying to get title number six. And With all eyes looking at the Warriors as the number one team to stop San Antonio, alongside with the Cavs as well, to getting title number six, I am under the belief that the Blazers are kind of flying under the radar, as I mentioned earlier. and They're kind of not getting their credit. This is a team that could prove to be a headache for San Antonio. How are you looking at if a potential playoff mashup were to occur between the Blazers and the Spurs? Should the Spurs and their fans be a little worried?
1: You know, I I think the Blazers actually would present a lot of problems to the Spurs right now. Uh, I I think, you know, the, I think Aldridge is a really solid defender, uh, can protect the rim when he needs to. But if you're playing him alongside Pau Gasol, or if you're playing him alongside, you know, a David Lee, uh, that could be that could be that could create some situations. And I think the Blazers, you know, Kawhi Leonard is is obviously you know he'd be the best player in the series. And would definitely cause a lot of problems, but, you know, I guess Danny Green and Kawhi Leonard would have to shut, you know, go after McCollum and Lillard, but if you get another ball handler in there, if you have the spacing of Leonard, you know, it becomes a little bit harder to, you know, sell out on Lillard and McCollum, who still are pretty good offensive players, even against the best defensive players, and I think, too, the one thing that the Spurs would have to worry about is those are two guys that could actually really win you a series from taking tough shots because they shoot threes so well they are so good in the mid-range they really mix it up and they're great passers so you know if they can get loose a little bit I think they're a problem for anyone including the Spurs and I think I think that would be a a really great series to see it'd be a challenge but I think I think Portland could push them I, I really think they could
0: Yeah, and obviously anything can happen throughout the season, injuries, uh, a trade. Somebody gets picked up on the waiver wire for either team, and that changes the dynamic. But as constructed right now, and I look at the Blazers and the roster, I'm looking square at Lillard and McCollum as far as presenting the biggest issues and headaches for San Antonio. Let's look at the Spurs front court. Parker, who let's just admit it, his best days are probably way behind him already. He's already on the decline then you have Danny Green. Danny Green, he came off a horrible offensive season. And defensively, he was great. You know, then you're looking off the bench, you have Mono Ginobili, Patty Mills, and then the rookie DeJounte Murray. He, you know, and then you got other improving rookies such as Bryn Forbes, Ryan Archie I mean, again, these are just guys that have a chance to make it the roster. But if they do, I'm looking, again, right at Lillard and McCullum to probably expose the Spurs' weakness and that being the front court.
1: Yeah, no, I I I definitely think that those those guys get, have an advantage against the the most of the guards on the Spurs, especially offensively. I mean, uh, Danny Green is a great defender, and I'm sure that if you know the, I, I'm sure they wouldn't stick Tony Parker on one of those two guys because if they did, you know that's a real problem. But maybe that's what they have to do. Who knows? But. Um, that that would be – yeah, as currently constructed, I, I definitely see that guard matchup uh, in Portland's favor just because, like you said, Jeff, I, I really do think – agree with you that I think Tony Parker's best days are behind him for sure.
0: Oh, yes. You know, you even look at his play in at Rio the Olympic Games, and he was having ups and downs one day – one game great, one day not great, you know, and so on and so forth. But nonetheless, though, again, the Spurs collectively rely on team defense, not necessarily individual defenses, mm-hmm. but – you're looking, looking at a guy like Damian Lillard just causing all sorts of havoc. You know, I could definitely see maybe Parker doing his best and trying to funnel him into the middle with Gasol and Lamarcus waiting there for them. You know, that's probably going to be the Spurs' biggest advantage. is try, to just funnel those guys into the paint and let Gasol and Lamarcus do what they got to do. But that's where I look at a guy like a Myers Leonard to maybe, you know, pick one of those. Uh, bigs that the Spurs have away from the uh, three point from from the paint Mm -hmm. you know if he starts knocking down his shot then Gasol or Aldridge they got to respect that they got to come out and that's where mm, you know Lillard and McCullough can definitely do some more damage
1: Uh, yeah definitely and also you have to take into account I know that the Spurs were kind of forced into it you know towards the end of the um, the Thunder series by playing Leonard at the four a little bit more Kawhi Leonard um, but, you know, the Blazers are really comfortable playing small. Uh, that's what they're going to go to. They're starting the season with Al-Faruq as the starting power forward, which is what they finished the season with last year. But, it, you know, they didn't really get around to it until Myers Leonard got hurt. And now they're saying, you know, this is going to be our starting lineup. And uh, with Aminu at the four and either Mo Harkless or Alan Crabb or Evan Turner, you know, they're pretty versatile defensively. The Mo Harkless-Farouk lineup, Al-Farouk uh, uh, Aminu lineup was really, really good, and um, especially defensively because they could switch. They're kind of almost like the anti-Lillard and McCollum where, you know, they're not great offensive players, but on defense they can pretty much take anybody Six because they're both 6'9", almost the same size. They can play three four. they can both play 1 through 4, so, you know, Wherever you go there, you're gonna to have to deal with you know maybe not great offensive play, but athleticism at both of the forward spots that you know is gonna test some of the you know the more traditional fours that the Spurs have because I know Leonard can play that, but it, you know will he play that for an ent- entire game against them?
0: Yeah, that's that's the trick, and you know knowing Pop and the Spurs, they would probably switch out Leonard and try to do as best as he can to slow down Lillard. But again, you know, you, it's just that small ball. Like you mentioned before, the Thundericks ex, you know, almost exposed them last year, as far as athleticism, that is, mm-hmm. uh, in the playoffs. And they just decimated with them, with Durant and Westbrook doing their damage, and, of course, Adams doing what he can do in the paint. And it was just a handful. And I look at this Blazers roster, and I'm saying, hey, wait a minute. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Yes, the Warriors are a huge threat. Yes, the Clippers are a big threat. Uh, but the Blazers, you know, if, if they get their stuff going and they get a good rhythm going, they can. I mean, it's not just for the Spurs. They can really cause headaches even for the Warriors again and for the Clippers. So I don't think it's just a foregone conclusion of the top uh, teams in the West being three heavy. You may want to squeeze in Portland in there. And again, I just think they're not getting their due. They Terry Stoss did a phenomenal job last season. You know, getting this team to rally, getting this team to pick up off the dust and scrape off their knees and clean themselves off after losing a, a bunch of great players and still presented a threat on the court. So the Blazers are definitely a team to be on the Spurs radar heading into next season. But, Eric, if we were to look at the roster right now, for the Blazers roster, that is, what one player would you consider an X factor going against San Antonio?
1: You know, I, I think he's not only an X Factor against the Spurs, but he's kind of an X factor for the you know, for the entire season for the Blazers is is Alfaruka because, you know, he when he makes shots, he shot thirty-six percent last year, but from three. However, you know, teams still left him open. And I think, you know, him making shots really takes this team to the next level because then, you know, if he's making them consistently You just can't totally sell out on Lillard and McCollum. You can't just completely go after them. And, you know, I think that was part of probably a big reason why the Blazers were pretty close with the Warriors for most of that five game series, you know, at least in score um, was Aminu hitting shots in that series. I mean, he had, I think, one bad game in that series, and then he was just pretty much lights out for the rest of it, and really kept them in that series. I I feel like with his just ability to take just a little bit of pressure off Lillard and Collum, and defensively, he would probably have the assignment against Kawhi Leonard, um, and you know that is really important as well. And also has the he also has the ability. I, when I saw, you know, he when he was in Dallas, he would guard Aldridge at times. And so he's pretty bothersome. You know, he could be bothersome across multiple positions. So he'll have to play against Aldridge. You have to hit, play against Leonard a little bit and hit some shots. I really think he, he would be an X factor in a potential matchup against the Spurs.
0: Yeah, I look at him as a uh, definitely a player to watch. And I put him up there, too, with uh, Leonard. Again, a uh, Myers Leonard, that is. Mm-hmm. I just, I, I really think he... He can present some really big issues for the Spurs because at least the Spurs bigs because the Spurs bigs right now aren't as mobile and athletic as I think they should be. Yes, you may say, well, the Spurs picked up Dwayne Dedman from uh, Orlando, but he's crazy athletic, but it's hard for him to create his own shot. Um, You know, he's still raw. Myers Leonard, you know, he's seasoned. You know, he, he's he's not as raw anymore. So, but, uh, you know, I, I could see Leonard just, Myers Leonard, that is. I know we got two Leonards on both right, squads. Right, right. right. Myers Leonard. Two Leonards um, on just, the,
1: on the, Gar the, two Garcias podcast.
0: There you go. The Blazers were, Blazers and Spurs were meant to be one. That's, that's right. But, you know, I can see Myers like trying to pull Powell or Lamarcus out and try to create and just athletic them up and get them into foul trouble. So uh, he's my X factor when I look at the Blazers roster. Should the Spurs and the Blazers meet down the road? Now, granted, the NBA season is a marathon, it's not a sprint, but you could pretty much nowadays, you could pretty much pencil in who are your eight teams going in who they're going to be there at the end of the end of the season you know barring any catastrophic injury to any of the teams uh before the playoffs roll around but i'm looking at myers leonard and now i want to flip it now eric if you're looking at the spurs what one player on the spurs roster are you just saying like oh my goodness the the blazers and the spurs meeting the postseason this guy is going to be a headache
1: I really think it's Leonard, Kawhi Leonard. I, I just don't know if the Blazers have, you know, they have a lot of athletic guys, but they don't have any guys quite as athletic as Kawhi Leonard. And I just think that uh, a couple of years ago when they faced the Spurs in the playoffs, uh, it was Leonard that really took it to him. And I, you know, I think that, you know, I think you, I think the Blazers, and I think, you know, I think everyone knows what you're going to get from, from Aldridge most of the time, but, Uh, You know Leonard really has the capability to just really dominate an entire series, and I think when he's right, like like he was against the Blazers that year, the year that he won Finals MVP, you know he really is an X factor that I just don't think the Blazers can really. I don't think the Blazers really would have an answer for you know on the perimeter at that big wing position. They have a lot have a lot of athletic guys, but none that can really do uh, everything that Leonard can do, and and I think that Leonard would really. You know he he has the potential to really run wild against the Blazers.
0: Yeah, I, um, and you're not the only team that Leonard Kawhi Leonard can do that to. Right. There's hardly any teams that can slow down Kawhi. I um, mean even even LeBron James uh, he's on record and I don't have you ever seen that video? I think it was when LeBron was with the Heat and he's at the free throw line and Kawhi Leonard is checking in and James hears the whistle to allow. The riff from the roof, the ref's whistle to allow Kawhi come in. So James turns around, looks at the um, who's checking in. He sees Kawhi. He then turns around and kind of grimaces and he says an expletive under his breath. And it's like, <laughs> oh, he, like he's coming in, like God, you know. So Kawhi Leonard is just a beast all around in the NBA. But you know, it's going to be an interesting season. Uh, you know, where do you project the Blazers heading into next season?
1: You know, I, I really think that they have a chance to be a top a top three team. You know, I, I really think that they could stack some wins together. They know how to win now. They're really not incorporating that many new pieces. I, I really think they could get third or fourth in the West. Um anywhere from three to six or seven, I really wouldn't be surprised. Obviously, I think they're definitely going to make the playoffs, but I really think that this team, you know, could finish as high as third or fourth and and really you know handle some of the top teams because I again you know you talk about you know barring injuries well the Blazers have a ton of guys I mean they have they're too deep at at pretty much every position and you know barring a long-term injury to Lillard or McCollum you know they can pretty much survive any injury to pretty much anybody else on the team uh and, and that's something that's you know, really valuable. Obviously, there's a lot of teams in the NBA that are like that. If they lose their star players, they're not going to be quite as good. But I just think they have the depth to get through you know, a lot of those you know, little cuts and scratches that will keep guys out through the season. I think they'll have enough depth to kind of get through those moments, maybe you know, lean a little bit more on guys as the season goes along. And I, I really think they have the depth. I think they have the youth. I think they last year they started 11-20. and 20. And they still managed to have the fifth best record in the league. Obviously, the West was a little down, but I really think that they have a chance to be better than that this coming year just because they are not going to go through the, the learning process again because it was a completely new team last year. Even Damian Lillard was in a completely different role than he was in with Aldridge and a bunch of veterans like Matthews and Batum who had been in Portland for a long time. You know, he really was a first time, you know, really leading a team. It was the first time for CJ McCollum being like the number two option on a team, night in, night out, you know, Aminu, a lot of those guys. And I don't think that they're going to have as bad of a start this coming year that they did last year. And I think that's a big reason why I think they're just – and they're young. They're, they're going to get better. That's the one thing I always want to remember with young teams is that young teams tend to get better as the year goes on, you know, barring injury like you said.
0: Yeah, I – It's going to be an interesting uh, season, especially in the West, and especially, you know, the playoff teams in the West. Will there be a chance that the Spurs and Blazers will meet? Yeah, it's a very likely uh, possibility that these two teams will meet. And, you know, Eric, and I look at these teams, I'm like, they're going to be a fun matchup. Spurs got in younger. They got in more athletic. They're gonna have McCollum and is gonna be there. is gonna be there. It's gonna be an exciting game. And I want to urge fans to go and download SeatGeek app. It is a very, very, very wonderful app. This, 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 this network—not only my show, but Eric's show—is sponsored by SeatGeek. So w- we urge you to go and download the app today. Just download the mobile app. It's the easiest way to buy tickets. You want to see the Spurs and Blazers hook up, whether it be in Portland or San Antonio? Download the app. Use promo code L O Spurs or L O Blazers, probably, yep, and that'll get that, you that, that, a twenty dollar, yeah, and get you a twenty dollar rebate on your first purchase. And you know what? Can I tell you? The app is just so mobile friendly; it's an easy experience. Tickets are delivered right to you on your cell phone. You just take it to the gate, show them your seat geek app. And your tickets, and guess what? You're in. It's it's just an awesome app. Eric uses it, I use it. It's very easy to use, and I like just how user-friendly it is, and it's even better because prices can drop as the game gets closer to tip-off. Well, SeatGeek lets you know if a ticket then drops to your price range, so it's also budget-friendly, and I love to I love to see that. And Eric, it's also good too, because It also lets you know when there's pricing for an event.
1: Yeah, no, it's great because the deal score uh, on on SeatGeek is great. I love that feature in it where it it ranks the event tickets from 1 to 100, and 100 is the best and 1 is the worst. And I really really like that little function. And, uh, yeah, the price alerts also are, are another great thing about the SeatGeek app and and i I really do like it it really is user friendly and it's really much easier to look for tickets out there on the internet because it you know it's been hard for you know with a lot of those other websites
0: that's right again use promo code l o spurs or lo blazers and get 20 dollar rebates on your first purchase so again i urge you eric urges you the whole locked on podcast network urges you download the seat geek app immediately NBA season is right around the corner. The NFL scene is coming is coming up very soon. It's not just NBA tickets you can get; you get NFL tickets, NHL, tickets, MLB. You name it, they got it. College so football just started. <laughs> that's right, college football just started, and SeatGeek will be there for you. Download the app immediately. It's an easy experience; you're gonna love it. All right, Eric. Uh, before we put a wrap on this interview, I have one question for you, and it's a big question. How much did it hurt seeing LaMarcus Aldridge walk away from the Blazers and join the
1: Spurs? (laughs) Well, you know, uh, I I was covering it at the time, uh, you know, as a journalist. So I I was kind of I wasn't surprised um, when it happened. Uh, So maybe I, I was a little less heartbroken. Um, than, than some people were. I actually reported that he was going to leave the team. So uh, it didn't hurt me as much just because I, I kind of knew a little bit before some folks, but um, it uh, it definitely hurt the fan base here to have him, uh, you know, go and leave Portland the way he did and uh, it not, it, you know, in, in losing the way they did You know, how they got bounced. And I think that that kind of all hurt. And, you know, seeing what they had with Lillard and maybe those two guys together, I think a lot of people, you know, really wished that it had worked out. Um, You know, they're really still angry about it now. I mean, they booed him, they they booed him real hard when he was here. So I think you could definitely say that around here, it, it, it definitely stings. I don't, you know, I don't know if it hurts now that they, you know, had a little success without him now. So, you know, maybe that will ease the pain.
0: Yeah, I, I think a little excess of success is, uh, you know, not really painted it the right way. I think the Blazers have had much success with the cards that they were dealt, and they proved that last year. And Stotts needs to start getting a little bit more recognition as one of the better coaches in the league, especially when he pulled off last year.
1: I mean, it was incredible. I mean, the Blazers went it, – It talk about using your personnel, which obviously, you know, Spurs, that's – you know, they, they know how to use their personnel better than anybody, but – uh, you know, Terry Stotts, he, they went from doing, you know, some, the most post-ups in the league, most mid-range, you know, all that, you know, to, so many post-ups all the time. And then last year, they totally eliminated the post-up as like a way to take shots. I think they took, like, it was like the lowest percentage that a team has ever had of post-ups. Since synergy has been tracking post-ups, like it's considerably been going down, but they had like a ridiculous, ridiculously minuscule percentage of shots that came from post-ups, and you know they use post-ups as a way to create other shots. But no one is like it wasn't like throwing the ball down to Aldridge, and the Blazers still managed to have a top six offense. You know, really leveraging the shack creation of Lillard and McCollum and Alan Crabb as well, but also the offensive rebounding of guys like Ed Davis, who, you know, it might be, you know, looks like he might not be on the, in the rotation as, as it stands right now. But, uh, you know, they really used his offensive rebounding, the offensive rebounding of Aminu, Moharkless, you know, guys that, you know, have a little bit of a knack and the fact that Stotts was able to pull off such a great offense after losing, uh, score the caliber of Aldridge and players that are as good as Matthews and Batum. I mean, it speaks for itself really. I mean, what, what he did last year was, was, was remarkable.
0: No, it, it is remarkable. And I believe he's only going to have this team pointing in the right direction. That's up in the standings and challenging uh, the uh, top echelon teams of the West or let alone becoming one of the top teams in the West Eric, where can fans find you on all platforms of social media?
1: Uh, yeah, uh, definitely, uh, follow me on Twitter at Eric underscore Gunderson. Also follow the podcast at locked on blazers, which is all, uh, together. No under, no under underscores. And, um, yeah, follow me on Twitter there. I have a Facebook, Eric Garcia Gunderson. Uh, if you want to look for my stuff there on Facebook, uh, for my you know links and links to the podcast and stuff like that. Uh, yeah, so that's where you can check me out on social media if you want to follow me, follow the podcast, uh, and all that stuff.
0: And don't forget to go to audioboom.com where you can see, you can listen directly to Eric's show, Locked on Blazers, right there on audioboom.com. Download his show, put it on your cell phone. I don't know, do the kids still use MP3 players? Is iPod still a thing? I don't know.
1: Oh, man, but- uh, probably not. I, 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 probably if, not right? if, it, if it doesn't have Snapchat I don't think kids are into it right now alright well
0: kids you're listening put it on whatever device you use That's right. and it's a def- it's well worth a listen he's very you know informative it's a fun show uh, I listen to it everybody should go download his show Locked On Blazers on Audioboom.com Google Play Stitcher tune in whatever platform it is find Eric's show Eric as I told uh, ben DuBose of Lockdown Rockets I'll tell you too uh, At least for a few games during the regular season You and I are no longer friends
1: Okay <laughs> uh, When the Blazers uh, and Spurs lock up We'll have to We'll have to, uh, we'll have to uh, Definitely um, I guess we'll press pause for a moment
0: We'll press pause for a moment But no, I'll get in the side Eric's a good guy We're just. I'm just messing with him but for Eric Garcia Gunderson. And by the way, we're we're still going to find out how he and I related somehow right. some way. Right. For Eric Garcia Gunderson of Lockdown Blazers. I'm Jeff Garcia. Thanks for listening to this episode of Lockdown Spurs.
1: That was awesome. I had a lot of fun with Jeff talking a little hoops. Uh, you know, obviously uh, be, being a Spurs guy, he still it's got to rub that, you know, the fact that uh, LaMarcus Aldridge left Portland to go to their team. You know, in, in your faces And, and so, uh, it's great All in good fun Had a really great time talking talking hoops with Jeff You know, I'd love to see a Blazers-Spurs Matchup in the playoffs uh, Not only because of the tactics that we talked about On the podcast, but also, obviously You know, the emotional uh, You know, the emotional Battle between, you know The Blazers fans and Lamarcus Aldridge, Damian Lillard And Lamarcus Aldridge, I mean, that Is just good drama and, you know, it's not it's not Shaq and Kobe level. They didn't hate each other. But there's a little something, you know. There was a little something there, especially the way it ended, um, you know. But, uh, you know, so I'm sure that it, 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 w- it would be fun to watch. It would definitely get a, a little testy at times, I think. Uh, and it, it would be great TV, that's for sure, uh, a Blazers-Spurs series. So thanks again to Jeff Garcia for, uh, you know, reaching out. Doing this uh, interview was a great time. Also, you know, definitely subscribe to Lockdown Spurs. Like I said, he's had Danny Green on the podcast. He's had David Robinson. So he's been doing a lot of great work over there. Just like everyone on the Lockdown Podcast Network is, you know, fantasy basketball, fantasy football, NFL teams, NBA teams, what have you, college football, everything. So um, definitely – be sure to check out all the other podcasts on the Lockdown Podcast Network, which are all over the internet Google Play, Stitcher, iTunes, the audio boom, audioboom.com, where we host our podcast. So, um, yeah, thanks for joining me on uh, another episode of the Lockdown Blazers podcast. We will catch you next week with some more content for you about your favorite team, Portland Trailblazers. So, We will be back next week, and we will talk to you then.